and hello to Divorce TV and we've got today an uh, interview with Intra I'm going to say it right Book of Jute. Sorry, my mouth's all, all over the place as well. I've not, uh, not been so well this week, so I hope I can speak today. And Indra's a wealth coach. She's been on the show before, but we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. And we've got a shared story with Alice and a healing at the end. It's a pre-recorded one, but it's a, a big favourite. It's with Debbie Talalay. And we now have our news. So the news today is we're starting with something from the mirror, which is a woman, it's a silly one, a woman is speechless over her husband's packed lunch complaint that's worthy of divorce, apparently, according to the mirror. Anyway, Lisa Steen, who lives in San Francisco, she's grown up, uh, has grown a following of more than six million people on TikTok. Uh, She's at Lisa Steen, in case you want to follow her, sharing the impressive lunches she makes for her husband. The 23-year-old has previously revealed that she can spend anywhere between 20 minutes to an hour packing one lunch, depending on the complexity. So, when her husband told her that her standards had dropped, she was devastated. My husband told me my lunches aren't as creative as they used to be she says in a recent video of her making him a Disney-themed lunch. It consisted of rice in the shape of Mickey Mouse, glazed sesame chicken, salad and Mickey nuggets. And in the smaller compartments, Lisa added a cucumber ham and cream cheese sandwich and three mini Kit Kats. I no longer know what I can do to surprise him. Any ideas, she asked. Since posting the video online, it has racked up almost 2 million likes and 50,000 comments from viewers keen to share their suggestions on how to respond to his lack of gratitude. I wonder if she gets so many uh, people sharing advice if she was asking her how to spice up their marriage overall. One person said a divorce will definitely surprise him. Another commented, pack him an empty lunchbox. So creative, it's invisible. Is he five? asked a third. The only reason I show this because this is um, ties in with Kiss FM, who said that certain wedding meals correlate with higher divorce rates. The survey conducted by Divorce Answers surveyed 1,000 divorcees to find out their wedding meal of choice. From this, they concluded the wedding meal that is most likely to end in divorce and which is best for a long and happy marriage. It's important to keep in mind. That correlation, says the, says the article, does not equal causation and there are certain meals that are going to be more commonly served, therefore more commonly associated with divorce. Still, it's in interesting to take a look, so please don't take any, <laughs> any notice of this. Highest divorce rate was for those who served chicken at their wedding dinner. The lowest was for those who served a veggie risotto. And something equally bizarre and a, and very sad is the sun. Uh, I want to divorce my wife because I don't find her attractive when she doesn't wear makeup. Uh, this is quite incredible. A husband has explained to a court that he seeks to get a divorce from his new wife because he doesn't find her attractive without makeup. The bizarre incident happened in Egypt, where a man reportedly filed for divorce from his wife of one month, saying he was deceived about the woman's appearance. The husband told family court in Heliopolis that he couldn't get used to his wife's natural look. 
He told the court, I was shocked as she looks nothing like the person I met several times before marriage. He then explained that the pair met on Facebook where the woman always posted attractive photos of herself. Even after meeting her a number of times, he still thought she was attractive and decided to marry her. But the problem started the morning after the wedding night when he saw his wife without any makeup for the first time. He added, I saw her pictures on Facebook. She looks totally different when she does not wear makeup. I was deceived and want to divorce her. According to Egyptian media, the man told the court he tried to get used to his wife's looks, but after a month of marriage, he decided to file for divorce. I see her when she wakes up. Her hair is messy and her appearance is completely different from the one I knew when I married her, he said. I think he's going to really struggle to find a wife who looks great when she's at separate bedrooms is clearly the answer to that one. Lexology, uh, talking about no fault divorce may become an option in Singapore. So something a little bit more intelligent now. It is, a, it is positive to see, says the article, this development for couples divorcing in Singapore. In England, no-fault divorce will hopefully be available to couples from 6th of April 2022, subject to court IT systems, rules and forms being ready. From that date, a divorce can be sought without apportioning blame, or indeed a couple can mutually apply for a divorce if they wish. In Singapore, a slightly different approach is being taken, with couples being able to accept joint responsibility for the irretrievable breakdown of their marriage. That option is being added to the other grounds, which will remain available as alternatives. So they're just adding it on, which probably is the quickest way to, to do it. And then hopefully they can phase the other bits out. Those choices include adultery, unreasonable behaviour, desertion or a period of separation, broadly equivalent to the English fault-based grounds that couples have here must use for the time being. However, in England, those alternatives will be removed entirely from April next year hopefully. Although it is a subtly different approach to our own, it's great to see, says the article, the direction of travel towards lower conflict options in Singapore. That's great. So now we're going to have our interview. We'll be talking to Indra, who is an, a wealth coach, and she's somebody really you should be speaking to very early on in the divorce process. Hello, Indra. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm trying to get my uh, earphones to work so I won't get any feedback. So you can do most of the talking here. Uh, to start I with, would you, add, I think it'd be really good to explain why I just said what I said, which is why are you the person that actually many people, especially women, should be talking to very early on in the process? Because of how hard emotionally divorce can get, quite often we leave the finance to the last to deal with we take care of everything else you know that comes with it and by the time we come to the finance question we can be so tired and so exhausted and i've seen many women just brushing it aside and saying you know what it doesn't matter i don't care anymore even if i don't get anything even if i walk away with nothing I just want to end it, but that can actually be very detrimental to your future and your ability to build, you know, a future after divorce and to continue your lifestyle. So it's really important to 
work on your mindset and work on your beliefs and have that solid foundation throughout all the other elements because that will help you to stay strong effectively and not give up. And in tandem, it's really, really important to also think about, you know, what is on the other side? What life would I like to have? What life do I imagine uh, to have? And I had a conversation about this um, with a lady recently who, who was just about to actually start the, the proceedings and she's been talking to her partner for a while about separation and divorce. And, you know, she she was basically thinking, I need to prepare myself. I need to think about, I have kids who will need to go to university. I want to help them out with their school fees. I also would like, you know, to have holidays every year. I would like to buy a holiday home. Now, where does that leave me? What does that actually mean financially? How much do I really need? after the divorce to be able to fulfill these needs and these goals that I have and is it feasible and I think going through those steps of working out exactly what your goals are where you see your life at after divorce can be a positive outlook you know it can be something to look forward to and it can really help you put uh, some reality into the situation because when you've worked out exactly what you're trying to achieve, exactly what your goals are, you can prepare so much better for those tough conversations because you know exactly what you're you know exactly what you're asking for and you know exactly how much you need. So when you go into those meetings, when you go into those negotiations, you feel confident that you're not just asking for something out of thin air, but you have facts to back it up. That's that's great. And what would be really helpful is, are there two or three things that people should specifically be, um, if you ask them, ask them three questions, what would they be? That if the answer was yes, that means they really should be talking to you. I guess the first question would be, you know, uh, well, maybe actually I'm going to turn it around and I'll, I'll say if the answer is no to these questions, you should be talking to me. You know, if, if I ask you, are you confident in making financial decisions about your future and your children's future, if you have any, if the answer is no, then we need to speak. Also, if I asked you a question, do you know exactly where you're going and do you know what your life looks like 12 months in advance, you know, 12 months ahead, three years ahead and five years ahead? And if your answer is no, not really, then you should definitely be speaking to me. Uh, and I think the third question is, I mean, this is for everyone, not just those who are going through the divorce, but especially then is important. Um, is your savings, money, wealth that you have accumulated working for you and generating something already for you? And if the answer is no, then you should definitely be speaking to me. The um, That's so true. And and 
it's as you say it's not just people who go through divorce but when you're going through that kind of massive change it is really really important to just get all the facts and get all the information and but a lot of it is the confidence side can you say a little bit more about the work you do on mindset i think that's really key it's not just um the sort of left brain planning things understanding knowing what the future could bring and so you can ask for a yeah, you know, you're not you're not going to ask for too little because you've worked out what you actually need. Um, what is the sort of mindset mindset blocks that you come up against? All of us have some sort of beliefs and some, you know, mindset issues, if you can call them, that can prevent us from feeling confident. That can maybe prevent us from achieving what we want financially. Prevent us from you know getting to a place that we want to get to uh, and quite often what I notice especially with women that are going through a difficult uh, time as a divorce and uh, I mean everyone in general but women more so is if they've never really dealt with the financial side of things and if that was always left for the the other half of the other partner to deal with e- they come out on the other end feeling feeling a little bit helpless and feeling like their knowledge is not there feeling you know the one sentence that i hear quite often is oh i'm just not good with money i'm just not good at making decisions around money i tend to just spend money i don't know how to save money and a lot of that is not necessarily because we're actually bad with money as such but it comes from internal beliefs it comes from perhaps at times how our husbands perceived us and you know how they referred to you while you were in the marriage and you know perhaps at times putting you down uh and taking that decision power away and so creating this sometimes false belief that you're bad with money when in fact you're not necessarily bad with money you just need a little bit of help uh, to increase your knowledge a little bit of help to put some structure into how you approach it and just a little bit of help to change those beliefs and get more confident and that's that but confidence is often a very big uh big issue that I think prevents women from really getting the settlement that they should be getting and getting the settlement that they need to get. And I think it can be, you know, we can work around that quite easily by looking at mindset, by looking at filling in the knowledge gap and just sort of putting the power of decision making back into your hands because all of us are capable to make those decisions we just need to be you know we just need to get rid of that feeling scary and that feeling of fear that's really helpful indra and anyone who's been looking at that qr code that takes you to indra's diary where she's very uh, generously offers an initial a complimentary consultation so if you want to find out more do uh, make use of that and go and have a chat with her thank you so much for coming on the show Indra and I look forward to having you back soon that's great well my um, 
my earplugs are just not working at all so hopefully you're not getting any sort of strange feedbacky sound but we're going to move on now to a very short masterclass and um, we're just going to look at um, the the less it's not really a lesson today I just wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, workshop which is coming up I'm going to be showing you a little bit more about that later but let's actually let's do the let's go straight for our shared story I've got a shared story unfortunately the guest today um, hasn't appeared so maybe they're from America maybe they've got the time zone a model but we have uh, on video one that I actually did on New Year's Eve of all times uh, talking to the lovely Alice and it's a great little short five minutes which I hope you'll enjoy went into the guest bedroom on the 1st of October 2017. Wow. Saying, I don't want to be married to you. And then just leaving you to deal with it all. Which Pretty often, which often he lost his job within two weeks of that. He lost his very well-paid job and got paid a huge settlement, but again, just stayed in the guest bedroom. And then I was working at a local prep school, um, offsetting school fees. So I continued doing that, but no money was coming into the house at all. Yeah. And we both lived together, separated for nine months till he got a job the following May. Which and then he still stayed until the August um, because I think he just was just like in a sort of no man's land, you know, after nine months of just existing together. I think he said something like, I could carry on doing this forever. What's the big deal? I think meeting you was very informing because it's almost like your story was worse than mine. Yes. So that cheered me up. It's a bit like a car crash. I've got various analogies that will help people in the first stage understand the chaos. So number one is I heard someone on your site talking about this car crash and all of the glass comes in and in a movie it goes woo, woo, woo. So there's that. And it lasts for months. All of the glass comes in. And you just sit there in a broken car wreck because no one else is going to do anything in shock. So, you know, there's the car crash analogy. There's the sort of falling like Alice in Wonderland down into a tunnel. And I just kept feeling like I was falling, but there was nothing to catch me. And that went on for probably a year. There was no bottom to this falling. The analogy for the guilt was the rubble. I used to look around all these lumps and bumps of you know, things I could probably make something out of as a fixer, as most women are. But the rubble that was left, that was my choice. What am I going to do with these little bits and pieces? I live on an estate here and all the houses were finished in 1915. And all of the front boundary fences have these black sort of volcanic rocks and bits of broken brick. And obviously it's from the war and, you know, bits and pieces. People just made do. And it's kind of like that. You sort of think, well, that's a nice little remnant. I'll keep that. And there's a nice bit of rubble if I put with that and that. And that fits together. And that's the beginning of the rebuilding. I don't know when you know that starts happening. It might not be for months if you're being kind to yourself. But you begin to see the rubble and think, ah, oh, there's a bit of promise in this rubble. I wear my wedding ring and people say, oh, so you're not really over him. And I said to my big sister, who's very wise, I said, what do I do about like the jewellery he gave me and the nice things? I know. She said, Alice, there's no rule book. And I was like, yeah, 
I mean, I wear this ring because I love it, because I made a bunch of promises that I kept. To me, that represents a happiness in my life and a great moment in my life and a commitment that, that you know, it's all quite happy, that ring. Yeah. Why does it have to go in a box just because my husband lives down the road and has bought a free bed flat? You know, those are the things that you can take your time about, whether it's the bed or the, the rug or a wedding ring. You choose. You know, you're left with so much stuff you can't change yeah. that, you know, there are times where I couldn't wear this wedding ring because it's too painful. But equally, now I've framed it how I perceive that and people find it unusual. But then that's the beauty of it is you can be unusual. I found a lot of people telling me, oh, well, he was never really around. So that was, you know, pre preparation for where you are now. You, you're the sort of person who will just get on with it. You're the sort of person that always comes out right side up. I found all that deeply annoying in, in my grief and in my journey. And I refused to believe it because I was still in the wellowing pit of grief and shock and anger. And still now people tell me how I'm supposed to be about things. But you're right. I think as much as I hate to say it, one of my very good best friends said, Alice, when this divorce eventually happens, you'll be financially better off, emotionally better off and therefore physically better off because you're carrying this stress that's got to go somewhere. You're going to be better off in every way. Well, if I could have punched a clean out right there in the bar, I would have done. Because she's happily married, what would she know? Yeah. But actually, in this very long journey, and if you're patient enough, and if I don't come across as cheesy, yes, there's a whole new person that cracks out of that egg at some point, hopefully, mm. for a lot of people. But yeah. I also think you have to live with some brokenness, some scars, some baggage whatever you know like I am a better off person and I now stand my own ground know my own mind as if I didn't before but even more so because it's tested me in every single way and made me the strong proud capable woman that I am now it is a sense of achievement at the end and no one knows when the end is it takes forever but eventually it is the end I love, I love Alice. She's such a, a survivor and, and she's gone on to do great things since then. Um, and I, anyone who wants to share their experience, it's really valuable to share these things. So um, you can do it um, just audibly if you don't want to be envisioned, that's fine. But just get in touch with me if you'd like to do that. Uh, very briefly, uh, the divorce online, best way to divorce dot online will take you through to the app. It's a free app. And the focus, uh, once again, is divorce workshops. And there you'll see the tickets for the upcoming November divorce uh, financial workshop get rid of those divorce financial fears Indra who we saw earlier will be part of that along with a bunch of other great experts and all the experts are very generously offering a complimentary session one-to-one -one with them at uh, either before or after the workshop you don't have to wait to the workshop as part of your £40 ticket unfortunately only for UK anyone in the UK can access it but if you're in Scotland or the US or other countries it's still useful things in it but I'd rather be giving you specific um, because the, le the legal size is different I'd rather do specific events for you which I am plotting And uh, sitting in my library that suddenly appeared behind me, um, 
we've got the lovely Debbie who is going to give us a video healing. It's recorded and it's all not brilliant quality, but the sound's still good. So I would shut your eyes when you do it anyway. And if everyone would please close their eyes and I'm going to put each one of us under a shower of universal love so that you can be washed down, cleaned down, inside and out. And feel that shower on you. And now we're going to imagine a white light sword that is going to come through the top of your head, your top chakra. And this white light is going to regenerate all your chakras as it goes down through you. So let's start with the very top chakra. And this is your spiritual chakra, purple, om. And let this light regenerate it. Make sure that the color is true, that it's spinning correctly around this white light. And then when you feel that it's had been regenerated enough, let the light just move down to the next chakra, which is your third eye, and which is a dark blue. And let that regenerate. Needs to be spinning nicely, not all over the place. Good color, a true color. And let the white light make it into a true color. And then the light goes further down into your throat. And this chakra is for peace. And it is a light blue. And see that spinning. And feel the peace that it generates. Going further down, the light is going to enter your heart. And this chakra is green. And further down to your solar plexus, which is your power, your connection with others. And this is gold. And let it go further into your abdomen. And the next chakra is orange, and that is for relationships. Let it spin. And now further down to your base chakra, which is red. And make sure that red is a nice, true red. No, no um, dingy spots, no dark places in it. And see that it spins correctly. And now the light is going to go through you and out and start pooling around your feet. And it's going to become a large puddle. And as it comes through you even more, it's going to develop into a lake. And even more, it's going to go as far as the eye can see. And whatever is in that pathway is going to be converted to the light. So all the dark little bits and pieces can be converted to the light. And now we're going to take our bazookas out, our mental bazookas out and aim them at the dark cloud hovering above your head. And see that black cloud shatter and splinter and leave you. And what is there in its stead? And we'll take the bazooka again and aim it at the black cloud behind the small of your back 
and see that evaporate. And now we are going to peel ourselves like a grape of the things that encompass us and are at tight bonds around us. So we will start off with betrayal. Let us peel ourselves of betrayal. And again, peel yourself of anger. And peel yourself of despair. And how about fear? Fear of the future, fear what's going to happen now. And how about hatred? Heal yourself up. And I'm sure you can all think of one or two that you might be carrying. Would you do that for yourselves now? Okay. Right, we are now going to reconnect ourselves with the Creator. So taking the energy from your heart up through the top of your head and send it out to the Creator. And the Creator is going to send back to you the Creator's energy through the top of your head, down through all the chakras to the base, and then back up to the heart. Breathe it in. And we're going to do the same to our souls. Taking the energy from the heart up through the top of the head and off to the soul and then from the soul back to you down through from the top of your head to the base chakra and back up to the heart breathe it in and now repeat three times i reclaim my power i reclaim my power i reclaim my power and we're going to put as the last thing, the shamanic circles of protections around us. So seven circles, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Read them all in. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Thank you. Thanks very much, Debbie. I hope you're feeling calmer as we go forward with the week and the weekend. And as we all know, on the battlefield of family separation, in the war of divorce, always, always make peace your weapon of choice. <laughs>